What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the season finale of First and Ten. I am Adam, and here is my co-host. I'm Mitch. And we're just excited to wrap up this 2020-2021 NFL season that brought a lot of excitement to all of us. So we'll start with Mitch. Mitch, what was your biggest surprise of the season? It could be the season, the postseason. What was it? Oh, this is a loaded question to ask me on the spot. Um... I think that for me, it was how dominant the rookies were and how much of an impact they had on the season. If if you're talking about a specific team, I would say that the most surprising team would probably be the Miami Dolphins. But I think that the uh, for me, the, the headline that certainly grabbed my attention was just how important and how dynamic Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert, Chase Young, even Jeremy Chin, guys like these just stepped up and made plays. Even Joe Burrow, when you know before his Week 11 injury, I was very impressed at how this rookie class carried themselves, and I think the NHL, or sorry, excuse me, the NFL is in really great hands. How about you, Adam? Um, for me, it would definitely be the NFC East. Um, this is a division where you had two teams from it making the playoffs. I bet the majority of people had two teams making the playoffs from that division, and the Cowboys and the Eagles, and both those teams were the last two places, and to all of our surprise, after week one, we were making fun of the Jaguars and the Washington football team because those were two teams that we had with under four wins going into the season. And week one, we're saying our jokes. Jaguars got one win. That's probably all they'll get. And it ended up being true. The Washington football team, on the, on the other hand, ended up proving everybody wrong. And for me, they were the biggest shock of the season. Although they only went 7-9, and nine, we saw... Four to five different quarterbacks play on that team. One of them being Dwayne Haskins, who got cut. We saw this young, these young defensive players in Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and all the other young guys step up and play their hardest and play their best when they needed. For example, week uh, 12 or 13, was it, against the Steelers. When the Steelers were going into the game undefeated. The Washington football team was heavy underdogs, and they ended up putting up a good fight and winning the game on a uh, game-winning interception. And then you have this. Then you have Alex Smith's return, which was probably the greatest comeback in NFL history. And then you have them barely making the playoffs and putting up the best fight out of any team against the Buccaneers all postseason. Yeah, that's um, With that said, we saw Taylor Heineke coming in the playoffs, and that also is why it's such a surprise. We saw some guy who was on LinkedIn trying to get a job in the stock market mm-hmm. a month ago, throw for 200-plus yards, get a rushing touchdown, and almost beat Tom Brady. So for me, like it, it's, it's clear to me that the Washington football team was the biggest surprise of the 2020 NFL season. Moving on with the biggest surprise, what was the, what was the biggest disappointment for you? So I thought a lot about this, but for me, it would probably have to be the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I don't know any Cowboys fans, but that being said, I had high hopes for this team, especially after Dak Prescott was averaging over 400 uh, passing yards a game in his first th- five games. Um, I believe they were two and they were either one and or two, one and two or two and three under Dak. So they did have a losing record, but he was playing absolutely lights out and. Even weeks after his injury, he was still found himself on the passing yard leaderboard, which I found to be very impressive. It seemed like almost everybody on that team took a step back, though. That defense was awful. The offensive line, granted there were injuries, but 
could not get any semblance of consistency. Zeke regressed mightily because he didn't have a uh, stable quarterback to rely on, nor did he have an offensive line. C.D. Lamb looked like a stud, but... <clears throat> like it was in flashes. It was in flashes, yeah. He'd have one game with 100 yards and then go three games after that, like, lucky to get 15 yards. I still think he was very impressive this year and exactly what the Cowboys drafted him to be, but... um. But it also brings up the question... Do the Cowboys really need a receiver at the 18th pick? No, they absolutely Could they didn't. have used yeah. an offensive lineman or a defensive player instead that might have helped the team as a whole versus just adding a third receiver to what was already a very promising receiver core? No, absolutely. We're not going to d- debate the legitimacy of that choice. All I'm saying is beyond CeeDee Lamb, that team looked pretty dark. Dalton had flashes. He was largely ineffective and largely underwhelming, but he did have a few games where he kept them in. But just as a whole, I mean, I had this team going twelve and four, and that was—I still think that they could have had a much better record, and they absolutely would have won the East with Dak Prescott. But you know, that they're disappointing. Things are looking up for them this year, getting Dak back. But I won't make the same mistake of uh, predicting them to be twelve and four with all, almost certainly getting Dak back. Um, for me, I, I'd say. <clears throat> The biggest disappointment by far for, I think, 90% of NFL fans was either the Houston Texans or the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, two t- Atlanta, Atlanta Texans, Falcons yeah. is a bit different because they didn't heavily underperform. It was just disappointing watching them blow leads week after week. Yeah. And watching this Falcons team, if someone told me they were a playoff team, I wouldn't believe them. If someone told me they could be in the playoffs, I would believe them because when you have Matt Ryan at quarterback, you're going to have a good offense but the defense was atrocious through weeks they blew a huge lead to the Cowboys they blew leads every week the Bears the Lions it's it's just an ongoing um ongoing occasion and then you lose your number one receiver to injury basically the whole season thinking he's going to come back week after week and him never coming back so it's it that's that's the disappointing side for the Falcons fans but I again, I didn't expect them, and most people didn't expect them to make much noise this year, which is why I'd put the Texans at more disappointing. We're coming off a team with back-to-back AFC South championships. Deshaun Watson, a top-five quarterback in the league. You have that receiver. You have Will Fuller and um, Brandon Cooks, and you just got David Johnson. <laughs> and I'm not gonna question the trades or whatever, but it's been heavily discussed already. If you have DeAndre Hopkins, it might be different. Then on the defensive side of the ball is where we really saw struggles with J.J. Watt. He's old. He's not going to perform like he did five Especially years ago. No one, no other pass rush as well. Along with that, they let go of D.J. Reader in the offseason to the Bengals. Uh, Kareem Jackson leaving two years ago or three years ago. Um, this Texans team, though, this offense was supposed to be good. And they just didn't perform. And I do think it was partially Bill O'Brien. But even when the interim head coach came in, we didn't see much out of this team. <clears throat> And the worst part is, with some other teams, like, for example, the Eagles losing in the final week of the season, you know they want to lose because they have their draft pick. The Texans don't even have their draft pick this year, so there's absolutely zero incentive for them to lose a game, which just, it's just shocking how they ended the season 4-12 and after going to the playoffs and almost knocking out Patrick Mahomes if they didn't blow a 24 to nothing lead. Um, so for me, that was the biggest disappointment. On to the next question. Who who is your like breakout rookie? 
that we didn't expect much out of that you saw something out of as a rookie. Um, you, it could be the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this is a good question. I did not. I don't. I don't think anyone anticipated Jefferson breaking out this much, but that's too easy of a pick. Chase Young was pretty much exactly what I thought he would be. I, just, I didn't think he would get double-digit sacks his first year, but I also he definitely made noise. I would probably have to give it to Jeremy Chin. Again, I mentioned him earlier, but I was really you know even even if you take away those two back-to-back touchdown plays, he was locked down in coverage. He was athletic. He knew what he just. He didn't make the mistakes that a lot of typical rookie DBs made. He knew where he had to be, and he wasn't afraid to use technique to get him down to get people down. So I was very impressed with that, and especially since the Panthers are right up there in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, the um, the Panthers have a bright future if they can just nab a quarterback. They've got their defense obviously still needs work and they need a few more pieces, but the guys they do have are young and they're hungry, and you still you still have Christian McCaffrey. You have a pretty solid wide receiver core with yeah, but if young you get to stud. Watson, well, you still have Christian McCaffrey. That's a good point. But running, we if we you get do. Sean Watson, we just go Jeremy Chin. Like it's they want a young defensive player, so I don't think it's in the best interest for the Panthers to trade for Watson. I don't think so either. But I I just think that this team does have talent on both sides of the ball. You Derek Brown was pretty uh, stagnant in the first half of the season, but he played. Uh, his play certainly improved in the second half of the season. You still have DJ Moore. You still have Robbie Anderson. You know, you obviously losing Greg Olson and stuff. But anyway, we're getting off topic here. But I think Jeremy Chin would be my pick. What about you, Adam? Um, for me, it's either got to be uh, Patriots offensive lineman Michael Amnuesu. He was like a fifth or sixth round pick. Ended up being the best guard out of the class. Um, inferring that Jedrick Wills and all the first round guys were tackles. Yeah. Um. It's either him or James Robinson. Robinson is an undrafted running back. But to me, like, yes, it's shocking that James Robinson was undrafted and ran for 1,000 yards. But in past years, we've we've been seeing that. As I've said, running back's the most replaceable position in the league. And this season we saw it. The Jaguars released Leonard Fournette. And they signed an undrafted rookie. Who would have outperformed Fournette anyways? Probably, yeah. And we're seeing this year after year. For example, two years ago, the Broncos signed undrafted free agent um, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay, who ran for a thousand yards back to back in his first two seasons. So, it, it, for me, I, that's why I give it to Michael um, Nwesu because a six round guard, you're not expecting much out of. He stepped up, he came in, and he was probably one of the best rookie offensive linemen we saw this year. Um, with that said, Mitch, everybody wants to hear it. Where do you see Deshaun Watson taking his first snap next season? So, originally I thought San Francisco. But, honestly, I think it becomes more and more likely he's in Houston holding uh, holding out. For every week that he doesn't get traded, it seems like it, the window is dwindle, dwindling just a little bit. And honestly, I'm so lost at this point because now with all this J.J. Watt, um, all these J.J. Watt rumors as well, it's almost like Deshaun Watson isn't a focus point anymore. Personally, as a Browns fan, I'm not ter- too interested, I'm at, le- at least in analyzing every tweet he tweets like I am J.J. Watt because there's no way the Browns are going to uh, want Deshaun Watson. So if I had to take a guess, I want to say the Dolphins so badly, but that's not realistic at all as much as I would love it to be because I don't like Tua. 
I think that he's most likely going to go. It's between the Broncos and the uh, the Texans. I don't know. The Broncos do have they have what he would want, but real I mean realistically, I'm not sure. What do you think? So after Elway got elevated in the structural system of the Denver Broncos, and he's not the GM anymore, the Broncos signed GM George Patton. George Patton has a history of being aggressive for getting quarterbacks. For example, when he was in Minnesota, he had Teddy Bridgewater, but he wasn't satisfied with Bridgewater, even with Bridgewater. Yes, he had Keenum, but Keenum was playing for an injured Bridgewater. Bridgewater was coming back next season after having a great season the year before he tore his ACL. But Bridgewater wasn't enough for Patton, and he went out and signed um, Kirk Cousins to the massive contract he's on. With Patton in the office, I do believe that Drew Locke will not be the starter next season. And it, it, it's been said that he wants to find, he doesn't want to find like a, um, he didn't want a Carson Wentz. I, he probably made calls that about Carson Wentz. Yeah. He didn't want Carson Wentz. They did go after Stafford. They offered the ninth pick and a pick next year. They, the Browns or the, uh, the Lions didn't want that. My thing is, the Texans say they want a young defensive player, and the Broncos have that in Bradley Chubb. Now, I'm not fond of trading Bradley Chubb as a Broncos fan because I think he's very good. Um, but I do believe um, we have the assets that they're going to want, which is why I think if it's any team, it's going to be the Broncos next year. All the sports books have the Broncos with the best odds. Um, if not, I'd like, I, I think it could be the Panthers. But I, I see it in no way that Deshaun Watson is a Jet next year. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, with that said, uh, I think the Broncos would have to give up at least two first-rounders, at least two second-rounders, Drew Locke and a defensive player. I hope that defensive player ends up being Von Miller. But I just I don't think it, the te- nobody's going to want Von Miller with his contract and all that. So, But yes, I think Deshaun Watson will land there. Um, Wait, so- no, let me ask you. Do you think it's more likely that he signs with the Broncos or more likely he stays with the Texans and either plays or opts out? But do you think he'll be a member of the Broncos or a member of the Texans? I see a 0% chance he's on the Texans next week in week one. Okay. Um, so on the quarterback topic, what are your thoughts on the past two uh, blockbuster trades with the Stafford for Goff and some draft assets and Wentz to the Colts for a second rounder and a late rounder? So, starting off with the Stafford trade, um, the Rams got a lot of criticism for trading their first-round picks. They do draft well, though, and it seems like beyond Jared Goff, and it seems like that they certainly do. They, they, they found a way to win without their first-rounders, so I'm not going to criticize them heavily on there. We all saw how dominant that Rams defense was. You also have to uh, factor in the insanely, insanely, um, uh, the insane contract that they handed Jared Goff. Had he been on a regular size deal, they probably wouldn't have been that quick to trade him and given up that much to get Stafford, but they way overpaid for this guy. And honestly, I think that this was a good trade for both teams. The Lions are a place where dreams go to die, but now they have more, uh, they've got more picks to hopefully maybe turn this franchise around for once. And the Rams basically vaulted themselves into, into, immediate contention provided Stafford doesn't completely either get injured or have a uh, complete meltdown which I don't think he will 
Do you want me to speak about Carson Wentz or do you You're want to go? You're all talking then. Yeah. Speaking about right. Carson. Um, my opinion, um, I think Manny would say that the uh, the Lions won the trade. But again, as Mitch just said, it, it, it's different for both teams. The Lions aren't looking to win a Super Bowl next year. The Lions don't want to race, waste the rest of Matthew Stafford's career. And the Lions want to build a bright future. Instead of having this 30-year-old 30 30 quarterback, you now have a young guy who is on a big contract, but you give him one or two years, If the Lions aren't looking to win the Super Bowl next year. If they lose a bunch of games next year, so be it. You give Jared Goff two more years, if he doesn't perform, then you just dish him out. It's not that hard. You release him because you won't have to take the cap hit that the Eagles are currently suffering with Carson Wentz. And then on the Rams side of the ball, we saw when they traded for Ramsey that this wasn't a joke last year. The Rams want to be contenders, and many believe that Jared Goff is the guy holding them back. I mean, you have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Higby, all these players on your offense, and you're only winning games because of your defense? Like, we, I think many NFL fans could easily say last year that the Rams had one of the, if not the best defense in the NFL. And they were able to upset Seattle in the postseason. But as the postseason went on, we just didn't see the performance out of the offense that the Rams needed to win football games. So I think that that's why I think it benefits both teams. Now speaking on the Carson Wentz trade. I'm still a believer in Carson Wentz. While I do think Jalen Hurts was the option for Philadelphia, I think Wentz going to the Indianapolis might be the best thing for his career. I mean, we saw Wentz in 2017 before he got injured with one of the best offensive lines in the league. We saw what he could do. Then we saw what he could do when he's getting sacked almost or knocked down every other play. Now, the Colts having one of the best offensive lines in the league, this is a great thing for um, Carson Wentz. And I'd love to see the Colts go out and get another receiver for him besides T.Y. and Michael Pittman get... I'm not even saying you have to sign a stud, but maybe a Brandon Cooks or a Will Fuller. There's a lot of free agent receivers this year. At least go out and make an effort for one of them. Give Carson Wentz a weapon because he never had that in Philadelphia. You had Greg Ward at your starting wide receiver one for most of the year. You're not going to do much in the league. So that's why I think it's good for the Colts. On the Philly side of the ball, it's quite. you had to do it. I mean, you wanted the first room. You couldn't get it. You've officially proclaimed him as a bust for your team, a failure for your franchise. And that's okay. I mean, not everybody's going to be that guy. I mean, you guys got your ring three years ago, but now I guess you're looking to rebuild again. And I I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be the answer. You're going to bring in a new QB. But I'm worried for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, no, I agree with basically everything you said. This was a very, very smart signing by the Colts. They did not have to give up a lot of draft capital. And like you said, going out and getting another weapon for Carson Wentz would not be hard considering uh, they have an insane amount of cap space considering how stacked their roster is. Giving up a second and a third for... I mean, we saw flashes of elite, elite play from Carson Wentz. If he didn't get injured that year they won the Super Bowl, he probably could have won MVP that year. He has the talent. Now he just needs to prove it. Not everyone can succeed fully in their uh, first system. He's He's reuniting with Frank Reich which I think was a really, really good move. Um, and the, the Eagles clear up that, I mean, Wentz was a toxic locker room presence. He, on the day of Jalen Hurts' first start, instead of going out there and talking about him, which granted, I get is tough to do, 
He demand, he says he wants to trade on the day that Hurt starts. Like that's not being a good teammate, it's not being a good mentor, it's not being a good anything. So they did what they had to do, like you said. They got rid of him, and now they can at least move forward. I agree with what you say about how Jalen Hurts may or may not be the answer. They have what the fifth pick this draft, sixth. <clears throat> They've got a high draft pick. Mac Wilson will most likely still be on the board. Hell, even Zach Wilson might be at that point. Most likely not, but there will be one of the big five quarterbacks. Uh, still left on the board. Who knows? Maybe take a shot. Maybe try and dra- draft another wide receiver. Take Devontae Smith. I don't know. But they've got a lot of uh, options they can go to at that pick. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. But with that said, I think it, I think both of these trades benefited both sides. Obviously, they're only a few weeks old. So we won't really be able to see uh, who won the trade until, obviously, you know that season or this season. But um, no glaring... Deshaun Watt or DeAndre Hopkins esque vibes from this from these trades at this point. All right, so how many? Or I'm gonna ask you a question now because you've been asking me a lot of questions. Um, who is your dark horse team to make? Like, if you have you would put all your marbles, who do you see making the playoffs this year that you that did not in this past season? You know exactly who I want to say, but. Who? The Denver Broncos, but I'm not going to do that. If they get Sean Watson, I'll agree with that. If they don't, I don't. I don't if they get Deshaun Watson, 100. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on here and just be uh, biased towards my favorite team. Um, I think 90 percent of NFL fans would agree with me when I say I wouldn't even call them a dark horse. I'd say I have the Cowboys as my favorite to win the NFC East next year. I don't think that's bold. I think a lot of people will agree with that. Yeah. I think a healthy Dak, the Cowboys do win the NFC East this year. So, um, I'll go with the Cowboys in my NFC team. The AFC team, it's not a dark horse, but I I could see the Dolphins making a run for the playoffs. It, I take that back. With if two is under center next year, I don't. If they don't get him a weapon besides Devonte Parker, who's probably one of the most overrated receivers in the league, um. If they don't get him a true number one receiver, I don't know if the Dolphins will be back next year. I mean, their cornerbacks, aside from Xavier Howard, Byron Jones didn't live up to his contract. Noah Igbenogany, he was pretty satisfactory for a 28th pick, maybe worse. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think, I'm not sold on the Dolphins making the playoffs next year. It pains me to say this, but... <laughs> But the Los Angeles Chargers are one team in the AFC that I do think can make a pl- make the playoffs. And that pains me so much to say as a Broncos fan. But if Herbert does what he did this year and they can find a way to win new games with their new head coach, who knows what's going to happen. But uh, with that said, I do not think the Raiders have a shot at the playoffs. Just had to make that clear. I'm not going to be so quick to count the Raiders out, but the Chargers, just because they were more impressive than I thought they were going to be this year. Um, they did implode in the second half of the season, but the Chargers are my pick. If they get a new head coach that can find a way to actually keep them in games and prevent them from blowing every lead. Look, no team's perfect, but they had leads against the Bucks, the Saints. The list goes on and on and on. Broncos, 24-3. Doesn't matter. Oh, well, I guess so, sure. But I'm talking about good teams. But um, Herbert was elite. For, considering he's a rookie, he played so, so well. And the back-end defense just destroyed him. And uh, so the 
if they can find a way to actually keep themselves in games, the Chargers will be a tough team to beat next year. A little disappointing because I believe we play the Chargers next week, next year. So that'll be interesting. Um, in the NFC, I really, I do like the, um, I like the uh, Cowboys pick. I'm gonna go a little bit different. I'm gonna say the Vikings. I think the Vikings will be better next year if they can just address the defensive side of the ball a little bit in this draft. I think that they could make the playoffs, snag a wild card spot. Um, we saw Jefferson was great. Adam Thielen, I believe, is signed through this year, so they'll still have him. Dalvin Cook carry this offense, and Kirk Cousins um, had a better season for sure in the second half of the year after starting off a little bit slow. Um, Gladney was pretty disappointing with who was their first-round corner this year, but uh, you know they made the right move. They wanted to go after corner, which was one of their glaring weaknesses. I mean, they did that. They'll probably... I imagine they'll deal Kyle Rudolph this year because they still have Irv Smith, and then they, just, they still have Harrison Smith. They still have Eric Kendricks. They just need another... Uh, piece or two on that defense, and I think that they could get back in the nine and seven, ten and six playoff range. We saw how weak the NFC was this year, so those are my picks. All right. With that said, um, that's all the time we have for today. Um, we would like to thank everybody who listens for a great 2020-2021 NFL season. We're going to be taking a break for the next month or so, but we will be back with our free once free agency is all done with our reactions to that. And then we'll be back with some draft stuff. And we, we hope you all have a great month or two or weeks before the NFL season starts. And before you know it, it'll be September. And we'll be giving our week one predictions. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Baseline Times for putting up with our crap throughout the year. And uh, we'll see you guys as soon as something exciting happens. Bye, guys.